We are in our final week of studying the Sermon on the Mount. And we're beginning to praxis the, the Lent next week. I'm excited about that. And Stacy and several other church members have written a guide to go along with our sermon series where every day you will be able to participate in a spiritual discipline on your own. Since this is our last week, though, I was tempted to do, just do a greatest hits. It would have taken a lot less time for me to write the sermon, just kind of pull out a couple paragraphs and say, oh, this is what we talked about, kind of wrap it up and we'd be done. But then when I read through the scriptures again, I realized they really merit their own attention. And then I read this article from the Wall Street Journal that came out in November. I don't know if y'all saw it. It said, can religion still speak to younger Americans? And in it, it shared the statistic that we've talked about here before, 44% of folks between the ages of 18 and 29, so four in 10, they identify as none, or they are the religiously unaffiliated. Even if they are a Christian, or even if they believe in God, they would identify as none. What surprised me in this article, though, was what narrow view of religion the nuns have. This is how they identify religion. It means to submit to a fixed set of teachings without question. It means religion is authoritative, univocal, and changeless. And then this is the one that really got me. Religion is simply a matter of passive adherence. These are the exact things Jesus was speaking to 2,000 years ago on his Sermon on the Mount. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, I'm so thankful for your word that is so relevant to speak into our lives today. The word we will hear today is a difficult one. It might make us uncomfortable but holy God, in the discomfort, in the difficulty, may we only hear your spirit, a spirit that always guides with love. And may everything that is of my flesh fall by the wayside, that we would only hear your truth for us this day. In Christ's name, amen. We continue reading from Matthew's gospel. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits, are grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles. In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me 
you evildoers. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Now, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So every week I meet at Thursday at 11 a.m., and I give my sermon to a small group of staff members called my preaching team. And I have to be honest, usually they're really nice. And they kind of affirm me, give me a few little critical comments. But this past week, I pulled them in. I said, I need you all to listen with a very critical ear because something is not right in this sermon. I don't feel like it's clear. And so I sat down and I, I did the sermon and then they just stared at me. And then one of them spoke up and said, you were right. (laughs) It's really not clear, Emily. And so then I decided, you know what? I'm going to scrap the whole thing. And so I I wrote, I rewrote it because I was trying to do too much. And I don't know if you, when we're reading the scripture today, it's a lot. And and so since I'm going to be here a while, we can get to some of the other scriptures later. (laughs) But instead of beginning with the part about the trees and fruits, I feel like today we need to begin with where Jesus ends. Remember, this is the closing comments for his first teachings to his disciples. He's just called them. A crowd has developed, they're on the hillside, and so it's kind of like, what's going to be his final word? What is he going to say that's going to be the linchpin? Because you know what you say last is what people remember most. If there is one summative point we could make about the entire sermon... It would be that Jesus has said, listen, the ways that you act on the outside do not matter if they are not coming from the inside. That the actions that we do should be as out of an overflow of our transformed heart. So you might say that throughout the whole sermon, Jesus has just told us, don't be fake. Don't be fake in this world. Throughout the sermon, he's called us to this different way of being in the world He has set really, really high expectations for us. His words have challenged us to lead a life that really is different than a lot of the people around us are going to live it. So we heard these statements. I've heard them. I've been convicted by them. I walk out there, people say, oh, that was really convicting. I'm like, you tell me. I've even said some of these things were convicting to my husband and he has to hold me accountable for them. But honestly, as I reflected, Has anything changed? Since January 5th, when we began our series, All That Glitters, has anything really changed in me? Am I fake? Everyone then who hears these words of mine, I heard them, and acts on them is like a wise man. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does not act on them is a fool. 
The Greek word that is used here for fool is moros. It's where we get our word moron. I'm still a moron. I have heard these words of Jesus, but acting on them, well, I had some really good intentions. But it's so easy to fall back into the old habits of greed and lust, storing up treasures, anger. But I love how the Holy Spirit works because in my mind, I started to begin on this spiral downward of, oh, I'm such a hypocrite. And, and then it stopped me in my tracks, the words that are said. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them. It reads acts, ongoing action. It's not everyone who hears these words of mine and acted on them. It's not like you reach a point where, oh, I'm there. I've listened and I am set. It's continually moving. This is how our life of faith is. It's not that living into the gospel is something that happens at one point in our life, like you reach a certain age or once the kids are out of the house or once you've reached a certain income safety. It's acting. The building of a house on rock It's not as if you get this, a crane pulls in a 500 pound slab and lays it down and then you are set for life. Y'all, we know that's not how life and faith work. The foundation that the house is built on is built stone by stone by stone. As each of us grow in our understanding of who God is, We more fully know who we are and we more fully are transformed into the person that God wants us to be and we become more fully aware of the foundation on which we stand. God wants us to realize stone after stone as we go through life that the foundation is getting established. But I'm not sure that we are always good at realizing that the foundation is Christ and that the foundation of Christ is even present. I tore my ACL for the first time in high school and I was so angry with God. I had reached this point around 14 or 15 in my head where I I decided that the reason God made me so tall was so that I could play volleyball and that was gonna be okay. And so I was okay with it. And then what was God thinking? I'm injured now? I was so angry. And then, you know, when you get angry at God, then you feel guilty for being angry. And looking back, I see this critical time in my high school years. Part of that was building these stones of truth. That difficult time when that storm came, that was an opportunity for God to build the foundation in me. The solid rock of Christ was laying stones for me, stones that let me know when bad things happen, when storms come, it is not God's doing. But God will do something in the midst of that. And the stone of God is big enough for any of my emotions, even anger, another stone. The solid rock of Christ that we stand on is only as solid as the Christ we know to be present in it. In life, in this world, it can be so tempting to let other things be that foundation. Power, success, wealth. For me, I, I like 
to just be right. That's a good foundation for me at all times. Anytime, anytime we try to make something that is not Christ the foundation of our lives, it is like sand and we are fools. It will not sustain us. Have you ever wondered what the houses looked like on the rock and sand? Notice that the outside of the house, Jesus didn't talk about it. It didn't matter if the house looked good, if it had the latest kitchen upgrades and and those new quartz fancy countertops. It didn't matter what color palette was on it or even if the lawn was well kept. It's not even mentioned. The only thing that's mentioned is what is the house built upon. You see, once again, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is saying it is about what is going on inside of you. It is not about what is on the outside. And this is where the phrase, don't be fake, comes in. I think we spend, I know I do, too much time focusing on the house being built. The thing that others see, the things that give us validation, the things that other people will admire about us. We say the things that other people want to hear and we're silent when we should say something. And we focus more and more on the outside than the inside. And this is exactly what Jesus has been talking about the entire sermon. We, friends, need to be focused on building the foundation of our lives in Christ. And I hear Jesus say to me, to us, don't be fake. So how do we try and build on the right foundation? How do we make sure that our houses do not fall when storms come? Because they will come. I think it's important to name here that these passages cannot be read in dualistic terms. As we have seen, Jesus sets the standard very high for us. It seems as if there's two camps. It's like enter the narrow gate and you have life, wide gate, destruction. You're either a hypocrite or you're a follower. It seems like either or. But y'all, Jesus knows who he is dealing with. None of us are going to be able to say that when we have lived life, we always built our houses on solid rock. We always took the narrow path. That would, where would grace be? We know that that is not what Jesus meant. Jesus knows that we are a broken people, recklessly pursued by a perfect God in a world that is absolutely crazy. Jesus is always our firm foundation, waiting for us to just place our feet on that solid ground. And when the house of our life crashes, we can get back up again. This past year, the truth of this passage has literally grounded me. When you leave close friends who live next door, For over a decade and you raise your children with them and you grow from young adulthood into adulthood on top of moving away from family. And then to have a spouse that suddenly travels for work. I have had a lot of lonely times. And yet, through it all, God has been my rock. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians, although I felt pressed, I was not crushed. Although I was perplexed questioning God. I was not in despair. And I can tell you, it wasn't because of a perfect marriage 
or because I came from a solid nuclear family or because my children are relentlessly obedient. This was because God is my foundation. The solid rock of Christ took care of me. I don't know a lot. I'm not an expert on anything except for one thing, and that is trying to surround myself with experts. And what I do know, though, is this. Building my life on the foundation of Christ is the only way I can live my best life. Building my life on the foundation of a God who loves me, knowing all of my mess-ups and my failures and says, I still love you, that sustains me. Building my life on the foundation of the gospel demands that I live an authentic life. I can't be fake. This is what I hope happens to us this week. I hope that you're going to get in a conversation with someone and they're going to find out that you're a Christian. Not just that, they're going to find out that you like to be affiliated as a Christian. And then they're going to say, oh, you're not what I expected a Christian to be like. You are so real. You're so real. When you are known by God, it is so much better to fully know who you are. And it is on Christ, the solid rock we stand. May it be so in my life and in yours. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you that you are always solid. You are always firm. You are always there. No matter what chaos, what storms, what winds are trying to beat us down, no matter how good or bad our relationships are, we thank you that you are firm. Help us, Lord, today to feel the strength of your strength that we might go from here and live out the gospel. In Christ's name, amen.